Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Life's Multiverse. Today we are diving into the world of emotions. As I had a book recommendation recently from a dear friend, and this book turned out to be one of the best I've ever read about emotions and dealing with them. So I wanted to transfer this wisdom from that book to you in today's episode so we can learn about the letting go and surrendering techniques which can transform your life and promote your consciousness to the next level. The book is titled Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender by Dr. David Hawkins. I had a great pleasure to read it, where I saw myself almost on every page. And I saw the ways and potentials that I can improve my life and the way I'm thinking and my consciousness only by following the advices from that book. So let's together now embark on this journey and explore what is it all about. Let's start from a very simple example that we can all face in our daily lives. Imagine someone abruptly cuts you off in traffic. How would you react to that? Well, there are three possibilities, so let's explore them. But first, we can agree that you will feel angry at this person. So one possibility is that some feeling of resentment will start developing inside of you and you will have the urge to yell or shout like, how dare he cut you off? This is disrespectful and you will feel hurt. And what's actually happening here is that this is your ego voice where it's telling you that I deserve respect. Where on the other hand, we have the second possibility, which is usually suppression. And suppressing feelings might happen different ways. One of them is that you'll just bury this feeling deep inside of you, even though you know that you had this anger, but you don't express it and you just internalize. You pretend that nothing happened and you might even blame yourself for that. You might even feel ashamed that you got in their way. And to your surprise, suppression is also an act of ego and might be fueled by different desires, such as validation, where you want to seem positive and happy to other people, so you keep your composure and just suppress your feelings. Or it might be triggered by avoidance of discomfort, because you know that these feelings of anger are painful, so you just suppress them and avoid the discomfort. However, suppression can lead to increased stress and resentment, or even physical symptoms. You might arrive at work with a tightness in your chest, or a lingering sense of irritation, even if you are not consciously thinking about the traffic incident. Suppression is like putting a lid on a boiling pot. The heat is still there, building up pressure underneath. And now we come to the third possibility, which is what the book is all about, and the author calls it letting go. So letting go involves acknowledging and accepting the emotion without judgment. You recognize the anger, understand it's a natural reaction to feeling threatened or disrespected, but then choose not to hold on to it. There is no forceful pushing down of the emotion. Instead, there's a conscious release. You might think, I feel angry about this and that's okay, but I choose not to hold on to this anger. 
By doing this, you're allowing the emotions to pass through you. You arrive at work genuinely feeling calm and unflustered. So you can now think of the countless examples from your daily life where you can apply this concept of letting go. Where, for example, I encountered in the bus yesterday next to me a group of teenagers that were playing loudly and screaming almost in a very unpleasant way. And my first feeling was irritation. So I felt angry and I felt disrespected. And I had the urge to yell at them and tell them to shut up. But as I remembered the lessons I learned from the book, I just acknowledged my feeling. I understood that it's a normal reaction and it's expected to feel angry in such a situation. But I can just let it go and not take it personal. And I understood that this is not happening because of me personally, because they are just doing it for fun and they are not aware of the annoyance they're making. So I just moved my awareness somewhere else and tried to disregard the noises. It was hard, I can't lie about that, but when you incorporate letting go as a habit in your daily life, it will get easier every time. So the first and most important step in letting go is to identify what your emotion is. What are you feeling? And to understand that every feeling and every type of emotion has different motives and different reasons and could lead to a completely different consequences. And to understand that further, the author did a great job by listing all the emotions that we can feel and distributing them on a scale. And he calls it the scale of consciousness, often referred to as the map of consciousness. The scale is designed to represent the different emotional states that human experience, ranked from the lowest to the highest in terms of energy. And here is the breakdown of some of the key levels on the scale. At the lowest level, we have shame in 20. Shame is associated with the feeling of humiliation worthlessness and the belief that one is bad or evil. Next we have guilt in 30, apathy 50, a state of despair and hopelessness. Individuals at this level often feel like they can't change their circumstances. Grief 75, this level is marked by feelings of loss, sadness and despondency. Fear 100, a state of anxiety, worrying, and paranoia. It's driven by the perceived threat, whether it's real or imagined. Desire, 125. Characterized by craving, longing, and the pursuit of gratification. It can be related to materialism or other forms of external validation. Next, we have anger at the level of 150. A reactive state often arising from perceived injustices or frustrations. While it's higher than states like apathy or guilt, prolonged anger can be destructive. Pride, 175. This level is associated with self-esteem and validation, but can also lead to arrogance and denial if based on external factors. Courage, 200. The turning point on the scale, where the energy becomes more positive and constructive. It's marked by empowerment, affirmation, and the willingness to face challenges. 
Neutrality comes at 250. A state of flexibility, adaptability, and trust in the flow of life. Willingness 310. Marked by optimism, hope, and drive to learn and grow. Acceptance 350. A state of harmony, well-being, and acceptance of oneself and the world. Love at 500. Unconditional love, kindness, and compassion. It's a state of non-judgment and openness. Joy, 540. A state of serenity, completeness, and inner peace. Peace, 600. Deep inner peace, bliss, and enlightenment. Enlightenment comes at the maximum of 700 to 1000. The highest levels on the scale associated with pure consciousness and the state of oneness with all existence. So this is the scale of consciousness by Dr. Hawkins. So we can see how every emotional state has its position on the scale and has its energy level. So by applying letting go and surrendering to our emotions, we can move upwards on the scale. By releasing every negative feeling and moving up to the next step and the more positive emotion. And as we move up, the ego will diminish and a state of inner peace will take over. The ego in many psychological and spiritual teachings is often described as our sense of self-identity. And it usually defines who we think we are, based on our past experiences, beliefs and conditioning. The ego seeks to maintain a consistent and stable identity. And as such, it inherently resists anything that threatens this stability, including the process of surrender and letting go. So the first step of letting go and surrender is to recognize what our ego wants and how it's limiting us from moving upwards on the consciousness scale. So now after explaining all these theories, let's get better understanding of the letting go of negativity technique and how it actually works in real life. And for that, we can start with an example. So let's take an example of someone who considers themselves as an achiever. And to be transparent, I'm talking here about myself. I noticed that I always thrive to achieve things and always want to operate on my maximum level trying to outperform all of my peers. I try hard to be the best in everything I do, and failure is not an option for me. So success wasn't just a matter of personal satisfaction, it became my identity. And this is the realm of pride. So I realized here that I am operating on the emotional state of the level of pride. And most of my achievements are ego-driven, for validation and keeping my identity. And the problem with that is at some point it will lead to a feeling of emptiness. And self-worth will be deeply tied to the achievements and the validation of others. The fear of failure or even the thought of appearing imperfect to others will become paralyzing. This is the reason why pride was put on the negative side of the scale. And it prevents us from experiencing deeper and more fulfilling emotional states. And the way out is by acknowledging the attachment to external validation. Which I realized that pride, while it serves me in some ways, it also became a barrier 
to genuine self-acceptance and deeper connections with others. And since this applies to me, it might apply to many of us, of you listeners as well. Because whenever we say that I am the best and my work proves it, or when we attach our self-worth with our achievements, we are operating on the level of pride, which comes with the fragility that any failure or setback will threaten our identity, so we'll be in an outrage whenever we make any mistake, which exactly happens to me. Because in this state, mistakes are a threat to our core values and self-identity. And now you might ask, what's the way out? Well, since we're talking about letting go, the way out of this is just acknowledging the pride that we are in and letting it go. Surrendering to the pride will move us to the next level on the scale. And the next level is courage. When we acknowledge the pride, we start accepting our mistakes. We don't avoid them, but we see them as opportunities to learn and grow. And this act is in fact an act of courage. To be courageous enough to make mistakes and learn from them. And by doing that, we relinquish the pride and move towards the courage, which is the next level. And on this level, we will also see our peers as collaborators rather than competitors. And we will no longer take criticism personally, but we'll see them as feedback. We'll also stop needing constant validation to get satisfied at work, because we'll realize that work itself is the continuous learning. And one project's success or failure does not define our worth. And now I think you're realizing that by adapting all these new values, we are even moving to the next level of courage, which is neutrality, where we're not offended by the things that we are used to get offended by, where, for example, we're not taking criticism personally and we are finding opportunities in mistakes. This is the next state on scale, which is the neutrality. So this example from my experience showcases how the transition happens between the levels on the scale and how letting go of every negative emotion can lead us to the move to the next level on the positive side. And while I started my example from the level of pride, for many people it might be another level. For many people they might be dealing with guilt or shame, which are also associated with very wide range of mental illnesses. Some people might be ashamed of old traumas or unfortunate life experiences. This is all a lot to deal with, especially if we keep thinking about the situation or the traumatic event or keep ruminating our guilt, which might leave us even depressed, where the way out will be by letting go and surrendering to these emotions and understand that we are more than our emotions so we can embrace this emotion rather than suppressing it or resisting it. We can embrace it and acknowledge it, accept that we are feeling it and that's normal, and think how we can move forward from there. Because as we mentioned before, most of the time our reactions are ego-driven, and acknowledging that is crucial for our personal growth. So now let's discuss some ways to recognize and manage the ego-driven reactions. And first comes self-awareness and reflection. Regularly check in with yourself. Ask questions like, why am I feeling this way? Or is this reaction coming from a place of genuine concern or a need to be right? 
Also, journaling or meditative practices can help in uh, recognizing patterns of ego-driven behavior. Another way to deal with it is pause before reacting. When confronted with a situation, instead of instantly reacting, take a moment to pause and breathe. The brief moment allows you to respond from a place of clarity rather than letting the ego take the driver's seat. Another way is to seek feedback. Always asking people around us because sometimes it's hard to see our own ego-driven behaviors. So trusted friends, family or therapists even can offer valuable insights. Be open to feedback without getting defensive. It's an opportunity for growth. And next we have practicing empathy. Trying to understand others' perspectives can help in recognizing when your ego is trying to dominate a situation. So by understanding others, you can respond with compassion rather than letting the ego lead with defensive or aggression. Also challenging your beliefs is a very important point. Because questioning the beliefs and narratives you hold about yourself and the world, are they genuinely yours? Or have you been conditioned over time? So by challenging these beliefs, you can differentiate between your true self and ego-driven narratives. So for example, for me, it was the belief that I am the best in the things I'm doing. And by challenging this belief, I recognized that this is actually coming from the pride and it shouldn't represent my identity. The next thing is to stay grounded. Engage in practices that keep you grounded like mindfulness meditation or spending time in nature. These practices help in staying connected to the present moment, reducing the chances of ego-driven reactions based on past experiences or future anxieties. And of course we have recognizing the triggers. Identifying situations or topics that often lead to ego-driven reactions could be discussions about certain subjects, interactions with specific individuals or particular environments. So by knowing your triggers, you can prepare yourself mentally and emotionally to handle them better. And this works best for the emotion of anger, where you can try to identify what makes you angry and then ask yourself, why is this particular thing making you angry? Because as you can realize most of the times, the events that we encounter in our daily lives are neutral but we give them the sense of negativity. For example, the screaming teenagers in the bus that I met yesterday. They were neutral. They were not negative. The, ev the event by itself was not negative. It was just neutral. They are expressing their emotions and playing together. But I perceived it as negative because of some unmet need in my deep inside of me and I need to figure out why what is the reason I found this as offensive and the next strategy is practicing gratitude so regularly acknowledging and appreciating the positive aspects in your life helps you in shifting focus from what the ego perceives as lacking or threatening to more holistic and positive view of life also, limiting comparisons is a crucial to letting go of ego reactions. 
The ego often compares oneself to others, leading to feelings of superiority or inferiority, and they are both considered negative. Recognize that everyone is on their unique journey, and comparisons are not only unhelpful but often based on incomplete information. And by that, I want to wrap up our today's episode, hoping that you learned something new. Whether you're navigating your own personal transition or simply seeking to understand the complexities of human emotion, I hope that this episode has offered insights and inspiration. Remember that growth is a continuous process and every step, no matter how small, brings us closer to our truest selves. And see you on the next episode.